become on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Previously on Soap Central Live. And then when she did come back and she did get to Port Charles, all it's been is endless, endless talk of this Balkan. I don't care anymore who the Balkan is. I, I, I don't care. I don't care if he turns out to be Steve Hardy come back from the dead. I just want him gone. I'm done with this story. I get very annoyed when shows like Law & Order celebrate the fact that they've, you know, completed their 300th episode. I'm like, really? Exactly. In 15 years, you did 300 episodes. Kudos, you. You know, GH used to be such a great soap, and it's just, if you'll pardon the phrase, gone to hell in a handbasket. We've had people say worse. I think Eileen Fulton, she's a, what, a 70-year-old woman. She was cursing on the show last week, so you can you can certainly say hell. Hey, how are you today? I can hear you. Pretty good. Pretty good. good. A little nervous, but pretty good. Everybody's so nervous. I thought I, I yeah. come across as being nice. Apparently not. I come across as some mean, evil no. soap lord. Well, let's put it on a scale. Are you... Nervous in the sense of, oh, uh, I have a big exam tomorrow and I don't know if I'm prepared, or are you nervous, scared on the, I really need to go to the corner bar and drink myself into a stupor? <laughs> drink myself into a stupor. <laughs> oh, no, drinking. No. Although, I mean, I guess if, if, if you have to over the soaps, but not over the soaps. What vices will be exposed this week on Soap Central Live? Well, we're talking February sweeps with Richard Sims of Soaps in Depth magazine, so just about anything is possible. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and I've got my broom ready. Do you? No, I'm not planning any early spring cleaning. It's because February sweeps is upon us. For those of you out there who might not be familiar with what sweeps really is, here's sort of the short version for you. Sweeps are periods that occur several times a year, most notably in February, May, and November, and during these months, a show's ratings help determine how much a network can charge companies to advertise during those shows. So most shows choose those months as a time to roll out their big storylines. The more people that tune in, the higher the ratings, the more the advertisers have to pay to have their commercials shown during that show. Some of the biggest moments in television history have actually happened during sweeps periods. The final episode of M.A.S.H., Dallas's Who Shot JR, and even the Super Bowl and the Academy Awards air during sweeps. But in daytime, sweeps often means movie-like disaster storylines, or characters are being killed off, and of course, drama, drama, drama. 
But how's this for a change of pace? This February, the month many people associate with roses, valentines, and candy hearts with those little funny messages on them, five of the six soaps are planning weddings. But how many of those trips down the aisle will actually end up in matrimony? Well, it's time to take a look at what's ahead this February sweeps with one of our favorite guests here on the show, the executive editor for Soaps in Depth magazine, Richard Sims. Richard, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Thank you so much. Um, you know, it's interesting. I have to say, I predict that within a year or two, we will no longer be doing these special sweeps issues of the magazine or special sweeps um, uh, podcast because I think that we're finding. I think they're going to find that sweeps are going to be a thing of the past in the not too distant future. And already, a lot of soaps. Um, uh, you know, we 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 were talking to Bob Guza, the head writer of General Hospital, recently, and asked him, you know, why in the world did you have the big bus crash in January instead of holding it off until February? And he said, you know, frankly, we can't. Uh, afford in daytime anymore to be thinking, okay, stage your big event in these three months because, you know, we have to be thinking all the time, what's your big event now? What's your big event now? What's your big event now? Which is not my favorite way way of storytelling, but it's sort of the way they're thinking. So so it'll be interesting to see what happens um, in the next year or two, especially as the rating system itself sort of morphs. That's a really good point. Now, of course, your magazine is Soaps In-Depth, and this is Soap Central Live. So, of course, we're going to talk about soaps. But I'm just curious, do you think that that sort of change will affect prime time as well? I do. I think that, um, you know, if you think about the, the sweeps system, it's archaic and moronic and really works only in favor of the networks. Because think about it. If you're an advertiser and you go to the network and you say, okay, I'm going to base my rates on what you aired in February, and you're the network and you say, well, okay, I'm going to put all of my really, really good stuff in February, you know, that's, that's kind of moronic because the advertisers are now buying, paying rates based on things that don't air year-round. You know, they're not, they're, so, so slowly but surely, I think you're going to see a shift in the thinking so that sweeps changes it itself, so that instead of it being a set month uh, three times a year, it'll be a random thing. Like, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll not even tell the networks when it's going to be. Because so, slowly but surely, I think the advertising industry is kind of waking up to the fact that, hey, wait a minute, we're getting the short end of this stick. Because uh, we're, pay we're paying high rates based on what it is in February, but... but geez, January is, is a dead land. So I think you're going to see a change. I think that is really a good point because you're absolutely right. Why would you want to pay one rate when it may be snoozer episodes and people aren't tuning in if they're absolutely going to tune in to see Sweep's so-called stunts? So speaking of stunts, though, are you surprised that there are going to be so many weddings happening this February in daytime? Well... Okay, let me give you a little scoop here. Not only are there going to be so many weddings happening in February, but you know how you said there's, what, five weddings happening? I believe so, yeah. There, there's two more Ooh. that are secret weddings that oh. will be happening, um, and both of them will be happening in February. One of them will be happening – one of them I know will happen right in the middle of the month, and I think the other will as well, and they're both going to be kind of – uh, unexpected weddings. They're not the ones that we're going to be talking about. So we're going to talk about some weddings that are coming up, but there's actually two more that are going to be su surprises. I can see all of 
our listeners either going to the Internet and Googling or scrambling through their head to figure out who might pull off a surprise wedding. Of course, we know that there is one soap that hasn't announced that there's going to be a wedding. So we'll have to find out if maybe that's the soap that's planning a secret wedding. But, Richard, I did a little Googling earlier today behind closed doors. (laughs) Where it always should be done. (laughs) I agree. I found out, though, that February is not the most popular months for weddings. In fact, it's not even in the top 10. February ranks 11th out of the 12 months for being the most popular for weddings. In real life? In real life. I could understand that. I mean, think about it. February is cold. Who wants? Oh. If I had to guess, I would say May or June because we've always heard of June brides. So I would guess May or June as being the most popular. June is number one. I just, I don't know. I have to tell you, I really thought that there'd be a lot of people who would want to get married on Valentine's Day. Mm. Well, I wonder if that's tracking all weddings or planned weddings, because I think a lot of surprise weddings happen on Valentine's Day. Maybe Valentine's Day is more for proposals. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right, because it's probably impossible to, yes, I bet you're right. That's when everybody gets engaged, and then in true soap fashion, three months later in June, they get married. (laughs) That's because the baby's due by then. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) All right, so before we do our usual soap-by-soap breakdown of what's going to happen in February, let's lay down some odds on how many of these weddings are actually really going to take place. Let's start off alphabetically with All My Children, Ryan and Greenlee. We have a secret that is out there sort of brewing, of course, a baby secret. Do you think that this secret will end up completely putting the kibosh on the wedding? Well, I'll tell you this. Um, the secret will come out before the wedding. Ryan will know before the wedding. So the question becomes, when Ryan finds out, you know, how does he react? Does he, you know, do the honorable thing and make a an honest woman of Madison, or does he stand by Greenlee? And I would say my odds in this one are that he marries Greenlee, because to me the bigger fallout here is not the fact that Madison is, is pregnant, but the fact that Greenlee knew. And I don't think that he's going to know that. So the fact that she knew will have a much bigger impact if it comes out after they actually get married. So I say they're an odds-on favorite to get married. I kind of think I agree. There's no real, in my head, there's no real vision of somebody racing into the church and yelling, I'm pregnant. I don't see that happening. It's usually, I'm not dead. That's usually... What stops it? But you know, the last time they tried to get married, Greenlee died. So can we expect someone else to die <laughs> this time around at the wedding? No, and I'll tell you, um, this is one of those. You know, I just did a podcast, my own podcast, the other night, where our theme was what in the world is going on on daytime, and one of those things that we were talking about was Ryan and Greenlee and how, you know, why is the network moving forward with a couple that is sort of so kind of almost universally unpopular? So um, I, I think that a lot of people wouldn't mind if Greenlee died again at this wedding, and, but I don't, but, but no, that, I, don't, I don't see that happening. I do see there being a lot of trouble in this marriage, and I think that this marriage will become, this couple will become a thousand times more interesting once they hit hard times and they're both moved in other directions. Well, if Ryan and Greenlee are universally hated, or at least it seems that way, on The Bold and the Beautiful, Justin and 
Madonna, when did they sort of decide that they were going to be a couple again? Joseph and Donna are one of those <laughs> one of those couples that you see this a lot on The Bold and the Beautiful. They're sort of in the background, and, you know, like a year or so ago, they had a little bit of story, and then they went their separate ways. And then she, you know, Eric adopted Marcus, and and we never really addressed the whole Justin, Donna, Marcus situation. It just sort of fell to the wayside. And so now we're going back, and I, I guess you could say we're correcting that situation since, you know, Eric is tied up elsewhere, um, and, you know, I, I think they want to give, I think they want to connect Justin and Marcus to the canvas a little more strongly than they are. So what better way than to, you know, kind of have her marry, have him marry into the Logan slash Forrester family. So, you know, it's a good thing for um, Aaron Spears and Texas Battle because it it sort of anchors them a little bit more to the canvas. It also ends up being a good thing for fans of The Young and the Restless, too, because Tanya Lee Williams is shipping over to B&B, and we're going to find out that Olivia is a long-lost cousin for Justin. Which which is nice, you know. I mean, those are two shows that are so nicely intertwined that when they when they can play beats like that and it and it doesn't feel you know unusual. Okay, yeah, we could look at it and say, wait, so one of the only black characters in all of Los Angeles knows the other knows one of the only black characters in all of Genoa City. Sure, that's a little far fetched, but. But it's nice, and I'm a big Tony Lee Williams fan, so, you know, bring her on. I'm thrilled. Well, we're moving up the daytime alphabet here. Now, for folks who watch Days of Our Lives, they know that Natalia Livingston made her debut this week as Nicole's sister, Taylor. And it looks like she's going to kind of mess things up for uh, another potential walk down the aisle here. The interesting thing here is, you know... Um, there is this amazing, amazing potential for story on days with EJ and Nicole and Taylor and Sammy and Rafe and Brady. I mean, when you think about it, Brady is into Nicole, who Nicole has unresolved feelings for EJ, who she's now marrying, and EJ still has unresolved issues and feelings for Sammy, and Sammy has them for Rafe, and, you know, how will Rafe connect to the new girl, Taylor? And there's so much going on in that little mess. But somehow in the midst of all that, EJ and Nicole are getting married, you know, um, and it's it's sort of a marriage of convenience, but it's very easy to see how, given that these are two people who, you know, they, they, they are very similar and they do have a history and they were in love at one time, you know, it's very easy to see how this marriage could inconveniently become, you know, a real one. And it would be very inconvenient for a lot of other people on the canvas. I was drawing a flowchart while you were talking, if you're wondering why I was well, that's quiet okay. over here. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay, because when you go, okay, next in the alphabet, I'm going, wait, I thought we were going to talk about General Hospital because I totally forgot about Days of Our Lives. So I'm trying to keep track of the alphabet. You're doing flowcharts. This show is educational, folks. Just because there is no NBC Soaps in Depth magazine at this particular moment does not mean that we skip Days of Our Lives here on Soap Central Live. Well, exactly, especially since we now do a whole day's section in our CBS issue, so it works out perfectly. So, see, it's another scoop for those of you who may not have known, who may have thought, eh, the magazine's not for me because I watch Days of Our Lives. You can pick up CBS Soaps in Depth, and you can actually keep up to date on Days of Our Lives. Yay! It's a good selling point. Now, 
you were ready to go on to General Hospital. It's now time to go on to General Hospital. It's possibly the wedding with the most potential for disaster. Sonny and Brenda have... You know, let's just take the word potential out of there. Okay. It will be a disaster. (laughs) This is Sonny and this is Brenda. I was just going to ask, have any of Sonny's weddings ever gone smoothly? You know, the odds aren't good. I mean, you know, Kate was shot at the altar, and Brenda's been left, like, twice by him. And, you know, like, like, he does not have a lot of good luck. And even when he does get married, it's to women who make his life hell. So I don't know that, to me, I kind of look at this and I say, Sonny, Brenda, what the heck are you two doing? I mean, you crazy kids, there's someone out there who's trying to kill you. How about you postpone the wedding? But no, no, they, but they, of course, or elope, right? And that does come up. The topic of, you know, hey, maybe we should elope does come up. But Brenda is all like, no, no, it's got to be this, you know, important. It's got to be a real wedding. And you're going to see some really interesting things happen on the way to this wedding. Um, the wedding is slated for mid, mid, uh, mid, mid-February. And But before that, you're going to see that someone out there is trying to stop the wedding. And it may not be necessarily Carly, who clearly wants to stop the wedding. And it may not necessarily be the Balkan, who, you know, has this whole plan to kidnap Brenda at the wedding. Um, there are going to be a couple of things that happen on the way to the wedding that are very troubling and that any other couple <laughs> would look at and say, geez, maybe we should not go through with this right now. The timing seems really bad. But Sonny and Brenda are like, no, we're doing this. So, so I, I think this is the wedding to watch. It's also, of course, obviously it's a payoff for Sonny and Brenda fans. And in the wake of the wedding, after the wedding occurs, whether now, you know, I can't say whether or not they actually, you know, say I do. But there's a wedding. But I will say, but there is a wedding. And I will say that in true General Hospital fashion, after the wedding, there is a big thing that happens, a big bad thing. Um, So, you know, it's typical General Hospital. It's exact. You can never, ever, ever say that General Hospital doesn't give you not necessarily what you want, but it does give you what you expect. So so that's what we'll say. The thing that you were mentioning that really makes me laugh, though, about some people would have taken signs and said, hey, let's forget about it. You know, there are people who may call off their wedding because they can't get the invitations that they want. They may call off their wedding because the bridesmaids or something can't be available on a given day. And here, like you said, you've got somebody trying to kill people. You've got a people opposed to the wedding, you would think. Oh, and wait until you see the things that are going to happen. I mean, we're not even talking about, you know, Carly threatening to, to blow Brenda's big secret or the Balkan <laughs> threatening to kidnap her. We're talking about things that any normal human being on the face <laughs> of the planet, when confronted with, would be like, geez, this just seems like a bad idea. <laughs> if one wedding can cause that much commotion... We have two weddings planned on One Life to Live, a big old double wedding for John and Natalie, Brody and Jessica. So we have let's we have scenarios here. We have scenario one, both couples get happily married. Scenario two, one gets married and the other one doesn't. We have another one where they both decide that something comes up and they can't get married. So there's a lot of ways that One Life to Live can go in February. Well, let me let me intrigue you a little bit. None of those scenarios happen specifically. Um, 
I'm, you know, I'm, I'm uh-huh. dating and this is really, this is, yeah, oh. um, this wedding is going to give viewers, you know, everything that they've kind of wanted for a long time. And, and when I say that, I don't mean, you know, John and Natalie being happy and Jessica and Brody being happy. I mean that the secrets that have been percolating in the background for a long time now, everything explodes. I mean, like, like this is, you know, a week of, of episodes that just, just will completely blow all of the fan view out of the water, and 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 then it, and 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 the great thing is that out of this will come um, things that people didn't necessarily expect, and that's what I mean when I say that none of those scenarios that you that you that you mentioned are are correct. Um, one of them is kind of correct. And, and, and you'll understand when you see what happens. One of them is kind of correct, but it's not really. So um, let's, let, me, let me tell, put it this way. A couple will, a couple will get married. Oh. One couple will get married. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, see, the teasing that goes on from the folks over at Soaps in Depth magazine is just second to none. Of course, we do like to tease people as well. And as a matter of fact, I've decided that we're not going to talk about anything else that happens on the soaps this February sweeps. At least until we come back from this commercial message. So stay tuned for more of our February sweeps preview here on Soap Central Live in just a few bits. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Why is talk of sex so taboo? We're always so worried about what others may think of us, and not talking about sex can actually affect our relationships negatively. Learn how to discuss sexual topics openly when you join licensed marriage and family therapist Moshumi Ghosh for Mo Knows Sex and Love. This will be an open forum where you can talk about all kinds of matters with relation to sex and love. 
Put the shame of past worries and thoughts behind you and tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Michelle Core Six Degrees is your connected consciousness. Six Degrees is what comes around, goes around radio. Committed to delivering a fresh perspective on thought-provoking, investigative information that can change your life. Six Degrees connects you to the social and emotional scene and is your trusted advisor from finance to romance, mainstream to metaphysical. It's a positive, upbeat look at life, love, and the pursuit of passion. Get connected Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live and our big February sweeps preview. I'm joined again by Richard Sims, the executive editor of Soaps in Depth magazine. Richard, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Okay, so fans on the other half of the show may have felt a little bit slighted because we're not talking about wedding bells in Genoa City. So maybe we should give a little bit of a preview about what will go on on The Young and the Restless to keep those fans happy and so they don't come after us thinking that we're skipping over them. One of my favorite things that's coming up on The Young and the Restless is um, involves Nikki because, you know, for a long time, Nikki was kind of backburnered. We didn't see a whole lot of her. And then she had the, the, the really great story. Whether you liked Maggie or not, and I personally did, it pushed Nikki to the front burner where I want her to always be. And um, we're going to see, as you, as you saw in, just in the last couple of episodes recently, um, you know, there's been this, this um, she, she still has Deacon on the brain, so to speak. And that's going to continue. She, but it becomes a question of, you know, can she actually have a relationship with Deacon? Are they just going to be like, you know, lean on each other, alcohol buddies who occasionally, you know, are alcohol buddies with benefits? Or can there be an actual relationship there? And me personally, I think they're hot. I really am surprised how much I like them, and I'd love to see it. Plus, it causes a lot of trouble in, you know, with her family because, you know, this is a guy who has a sordid history with Victoria. So it's, it's a troubling relationship. And if ever there's a day to sort of make a scene, it would be Valentine's Day. And I have a feeling that right around Valentine's Day episodes, this is when a lot of fans are going to have to decide if they're for a Nikki Deacon or against them or just want to sort of see how it plays out. Very, very, very much so. Valentine's Day is huge not only for Nikki and Deacon, but for several um, pairings and potential pairings on the show, you know, whether it's um, Kevin and Chloe, or uh, Nick and Diane, who, you know, Nick and Diane have this kind of secret relationship going on, but she's also living with his father, and that whole situation is going to get really messy, and um, by Valentine's Day, it's going to just 
just explode. It's going to be, it's going to be, you know, there's going to be little, that, that red stuff is not going to be hard. It's going to be messy, messy, messy blood because um, things are going to happen there that won't be pretty. And, of course, the other big story we have on YNR is the, the whole thing with Victoria and Billy having Lucy. You know, they've got this kid. Daniel now knows that this is his kid. How long can he, can he sit on that secret? You know, can this be one of those soap stories that goes on for a very, very long time um, and gets very complicated? That's kind of what I'm hoping. I agree. But there's a, there's a lot of players involved in this because, you know, Kevin is, has an interest in this. Daisy is still out there somewhere. Billy and Victoria have this child who, when the truth comes out, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to rip Victoria apart. And remember, that's going to have, if and when that secret comes out, and I say if, even though we know it's a soap opera, it's going to come out sooner or later, <laughs> it's going to have a, it's going to have a potentially devastating impact on, on Victor, I mean, on um, Victoria and Billy's marriage, because Victoria took one look at that baby and she said, this doesn't feel right. Assure me, promise me, swear to me that, that this baby is ours and it's not going to be taken away and nothing bad is going to come of this. And, you know, even as he was like, oh, honey, please, of course, uh, it's going to be fine. <laughs> we all knew. We knew that this was going to explode. And, it was, and when it does, it's going to be just icky and awful and messy. And there is, at least for some of our fans who are fans of Kane and Lily, I think it's going to be interesting if and when Kane decides to finally come clean, how that sort of affects his entire life. Oh, that's that's so precious that you said if and when Kane decides to come clean. <laughs> well, of you course know, he is. <laughs> because, well, no, here's here's the thing: people on soaps never decide, either never decide to come clean, or at the very moment they decide to come clean, someone else comes clean for them. So, yes, Kane and Lily, um, they're actually on our next CBS cover with our with the February series preview, and, and it's it's. They have a big story. Now, there's obviously, there's been a lot of rumors floating around out there about what's going to happen and, you know, is, is Kane going to die and Daniel Goddard leaving and all that. And that all begins to unfold in February. And with thanks to um, Blake and Colin and their involvement in all this, there is a big, big story coming down the pike for Kane and Lily fans that, you know, there's there's going to be big stuff so that's that's huge there's also going to be some big stuff we're going to take it away from the cbs soaps for a minute we're going to go back to our familiar alphabetical order there's some stuff going on on all my children and of course it's already been announced that melissa claire egan has decided to leave the show she plays crazy annie and i think that that's sort of a really big shift for the show it's a character that has been front and center for a while in a lot of story and is arguably involved in one of the most popular pairings on the show with JR. So do you think that this is going to be something that All My Children can rebound from, or is this just something that will really propel it to the next level? Well, any soap can rebound from anything. You know, even even when you look at, you know, this this ridiculous Liz Her uh, Rebecca Herp situation, which we'll talk about in general general hospitals suites. But any soap can rebound from anything. Um it's amazing when you look at the shift in the audience toward um Melissa Claire Egan and Annie over the last couple of years. If you remember when she was crazy Annie who was going around beating her brother in the head with a you know, a pipe, uh, or a crowbar, <laughs> we hated 
her. We hated Annie. People were people just were like, write this character off. And and this is the power of a good relationship on a soap. You know, she gets involved with Jr. and suddenly people are like, oh my gosh, I love this girl. You know, and they completely are willing to forget that poor Billy Miller got bashed in the head by her. Um, but I, I think that it'll be interesting to see how all my children decide to um, move forward from this because you know this story has been has taken a lot of hits because if you think about it, first. Um, the other two, first, you know, there's four players in this story, or at least originally. It was J.R., Annie, Marissa, and Scott. Right. Well, we were recast Scott, then we recast Marissa, you know, and now do they recast, do they recast um, uh. Uh, Melissa? You know, do they recast Annie? That's, or do they say, you know what, we've got this character perfectly poised because she's kind of going over the edge and going crazy. We can just, you know, send her away, write her off, whatever. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. Um, she is going to play, she sets in motion a bunch of stuff in February um, that ties into a lot of other characters, including Kendall and and um, and David, and surprisingly, and yeah. Marissa. And, you know, she, she actually ties into a lot of the canvas. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do as far as, um, uh, as far as, as the character. Um, I also think that you're going to see that Annie has, for better or worse, had a little bit of an impact on Amanda because Amanda starts doing some very un-Amanda-like stuff, and her <laughs> actions her actions are going to kind of, you know, probably come back to bite her in the butt a little bit. And it's also going to do something that I'm really excited about, and that is sort of um, give um, Jake and Tad's story. You know, it's nice to see, I, I'll be interested to see Jake have a little bit of story that's not necessarily tied to Amanda. I love Jake and Amanda. They're one of my favorite couples. But for me, a good couple needs to also have story that involves things outside of the couple. Um, I think that's, that's uh, very important in maintaining a couple long term. And, and I also think that, you know, Ricky Paul and and uh, Michael Knight are, are so much fun to watch acting together. So the fact that this story is going to sort of propel them into more scenes together is is all kinds of good in my book. Oh, and the other big thing on All My Children is we're going to find out who killed Zach. Zach was murdered, and it was uh, someone on the canvas did kill him, and we will find out who it was. That is going to, I think, drive a lot of viewers crazy. They had just maybe accepted that the plane crash crashed just to crash, and now they're going to find out that's not the case. So it'll be really sort of interesting to see how the reaction is from fans. Or will they just all collectively shrug and say, we don't care, we know he's not really dead. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see. Wink, wink. Now, moving on, we're going to go to The Bold and the Beautiful. As we mentioned I think the last time you were here, we talked a little bit about the fact that The Bold and Beautiful is doing a special episode on February 7th for their 6,000th episode. They're bringing in Catherine Houston. It's going to be Stephanie's going to talk to real-life cancer survivors. Yeah, basically Nick and um, – or I mean Jackie and Stephanie sort of stage an intervention – for Nick. And normally when we think of interventions, we think of drinking. But, you know, um, you've got to give props to B&B for not just doing this um, kind of anti-smoking campaign as a one-day thing, because it's, it's 
a valid story, and it's interesting. I have I have one or two issues with it, but you know, it's hard to knock a story that has the potential to do so much good. Um, so there's definitely that will be um, unfolding in February as Stephanie continues to try and help Nick kick his filthy little habit. But to me, what's really interesting is, you know, yeah, Stephanie, I'm glad you're all warm and squishy and all that, but. I like you when you're mean and I don't want you warm and squishy. I want you mean and pushy. And we're going to see that because a really unusual alliance is going to be formed between Donna and Stephanie because they both find themselves, you know, not very happy with decisions that loved ones of theirs make. And so, so you know, once again, there's nothing more fun than when Stephanie finds herself having to work with a Logan girl, and we're going to see that again. And speaking of girls, we have Steffi's coming back to town. We have Thomas sort of changing the direction that his affections are going for. We've got issues with Amber and the wedding that we talked about. So there's there's a lot of interesting stuff that I think The Bold and the Beautiful is, is wheeling out for February that will appeal to almost everybody somewhere along the way. There's something that will sort of capture every viewer's attention. I agree. I think I think the hot topic right now on BNB, at least you know from what I see when I'm talking to people on Twitter and things like that, is Brooke and Thomas because it's an interesting story. You know, if he doesn't go there, it's an interesting story because you know it'll be the first time in like ever that Brooke you know almost slept with a Forester man and didn't. And if he does go there, it's an interesting story because, well, Brooke slept with another Forrester guy. So, so no matter which way they go with this, this is a win-win story. And I was ready when I first heard of this. Um, when I first, they, they pitched us a Brooke Thomas cover, you know, way back when this story was first starting. And I said, Brooke and Thomas, no, just you cannot go there. It's just, it's too much. And yet it is perhaps, not perhaps, it is my favorite story on that show. Because, you know, Adam Gregory is is young rich. I mean, it's easy to see how if Brooke did end up going there, it'd be easy to see because this Adam Gregory embodies, he could be Ron Moss's real-life son. I mean, it's just amazing how, how great he is in that role because he's just perfect for playing that part. I think that's a great way, as you mentioned, I think it's a really great way to keep viewers interested is to make things where people want to say that, where they believe that the person could be related to their on-screen relative. I know a lot of soaps have that sort of right now where people think, oh, well, yeah, I can buy that, or oh, that looks fine. At least it adds to the believability when you have a really good casting like that. Definitely. And and that's true anywhere. That's true in primetime. In, in, you know, I, I love when I'm watching a show and, you know, they introduce the brother or mother or sister or whoever, and I'm like, oh, that's perfect. That they could be, that is, that is just, Gorgeous, gorgeous casting. And by the way, I just want to send a quick shout-out. This is not Sweeps-related, but I just want to send a quick shout-out to whoever at Gossip Girl is casting all of the One Life to Live babes because <laughs> Tika Sumter is just... I was blown away. I was like, you know, this One Life to Live is what you should be doing with this woman because she's gorgeous and she's, you know, you, you wasted her One Life to Live. Shame on you. So shout-out to the folks at Gossip Girl because... I was just, I'm, I'm so happy with them right now. Sorry. <laughs> no, it is. Before we go to Days of Our Lives, so it is always interesting to see someone in prime time who you know from daytime, but to sit and look at them and go, wow, you know, they really have 
acting sound. Or, or wow, they're really much more beautiful than, for whatever reason, they were made up to be in daytime. When you're sort of surprised by see, someone. Or to see that they're, or to just have acknowledged, you know, you know it, and to have it acknowledged that they're being wasted where they are. You know, seeing seeing um, Brighton on, on The Vampire Diaries. It's just like, oh, look, why are you not using him properly, YNR? Look at him. He's good, and he's sexy, and he's having fun in this part. And this is what you could have. You have this guy on your show. Use him. So that kind of thing just makes my head explode sometimes. That's fine. And, of course, casting is important. We're going to talk about Days of Our Lives, and they've cast someone or recast someone. Abby is coming back to Salem, and she's going to have the potential to cause some trouble for some other romantic Herrings, I'm imagining. Well, you know, Abby is coming back on the canvas, and you know, a lot in the old days, soaps used to sort of focus on their younger characters only in the summer, and now, as there's been the the bigger and bigger demographic push toward getting the young demographic year round, we're starting to see that they don't just play, you know, during the summer. So, of course, we just started this whole. Will and Gabby um, triangle, and, or triangle, this Will and Gabby relationship, and so now you're going to throw Abby into the mix. And of course, the timing couldn't be better because we also have this whole story unfolding with um, with Rafe and EJ's attempt to sort of get rid of Rafe by by um, replacing him with, you know, it's it's a Demera. So what do you do? You replace him with a doppelganger. You, that's just that's just what Demeras do. Um, there's there's so many interesting aspects. Plus, you know, Abigail is Jennifer's daughter, and we've got to address at some point the question of where is um, Jack. Jack? Where is Jack? Where you know, Jennifer it? has made these. Well, Jennifer has made these like vague illusions. You know, like she'll someone will say, "Oh, how's Jack?" And she'll he's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, but she we doesn't really means. say. Yeah, you know what that means. There's trouble ahead, and. It also helps that she happens to be spending a lot of time with a certain handsome Dr. Daniel. And uh, Daniel's marriage happens to be with, with Chloe, happens to be on the rocks. And so, so I think there's a lot of stuff for Patty to sort of um, find herself dealing with almost immediately upon entering. I think the other things that are going to be, you know, kind of big are, as we talked about before, the whole Nicole, Sammy, EJ, Brady, that whole mess. But we also have to deal with um, the fallout from Chloe's baby turning out to be Phillips and not Daniel's. Plus we have J. Kenneth Johnson leaving, you know, uh, what, what happens there, and, and, and Nathan leaving, and, and Stephanie leaving. There's a lot of exits on the canvas that yeah. have to be dealt with. And then outside uh, of that, you also have to figure out that Hope is eventually going to have to adjust to not being in jail anymore. And that's going to be a really difficult adjustment for her. She's going to find, uh, oddly enough, that, she, that that life on the outside has changed, and she's changed because of her life inside. And and this kind of comes at the worst possible time, because she and Bo are sort of at the point where they're like, you know what, let's let's give this a try. You know, clearly, you know, Bo realizes, in the wake of the whole nighttime hope thing, Bo has been made to realize that, boy, there's obviously a lot of unresolved feelings brewing in her, or she wouldn't have had, you know, been so upset that she was driven to bonk guys on the head and then try and kill me. There's <laughs> part of her still loves me. So, you know, they're at this point where they can make it, try and make it work again, but, you know, can they? And uh, can they? And how does what happens behind bars and on the run and all that, how does that impact their chances of making it as a couple? 
Well, it is that time of the show to talk about something that will probably draw the most reaction from our listeners. We're going to General Hospital. Now, there are a couple of things that I see as being big story drivers in February. We have, of course, the wedding that we talked about, but we've got the Balkan. We've got some trouble for Dante and Lulu. We've got Michael finally revealing what happened when he was in jail. And then we have this exit, the stunning firing of Rebecca Herbst. So Elizabeth, at some point in time, maybe not in February proper, but she's going to be written out of the show. So which of those do you want to tackle first? Well, it's a tough scenario. Um, I think there's also there's also the Scrubs story, which uh, let's start there because I feel like Scrubs fans. All, uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but I think they always feel like they always get the short end of the stick from me. So I'm going to start with Scrubs. Um, and I am told that in February we will start building toward, you know, kind of the end of Lisa's impact on their relationship. This is going to be, you know, this, this story is going to build to a crescendo, as all stories do. And it'll involve, um, you know, Patrick and Robin and Terrell and... Matt and Maxie will get kind of drawn into it. Uh, not really Spinelli so much because Spinelli's off in his own little corner working on his, his book. book with Diane, which will come out in April. Um, and you know, and you will, and you can actually go on Amazon right now and pre-order the book. It is, it is a real book, and it will be coming out, and um, and it's going to be kind of awesome. Um, but the, the the big question about Liz becomes you know, what happens to her and, and just as important, what happens to her children? Exactly. You know, clearly they are not, re- clearly they are not recasting the role. So the question then becomes, does Liz die or does leave, Liz leave town? And in either scenario, it's still, you know, what do you do with the children? Does Liz just leave town with her kids? Because I think both Lucky and Jason would probably have something to say about that. You've also got this story with Jason and Sam finding out that, you know, there's a very good possibility that they can have a child together. And I think you're going to see, now, 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 Liz will not be exiting during February sweeps. Um, to the best of my knowledge at this point, um, Rebecca Herbst will still be filming into March. So that would put her exit at the earliest in April, um, maybe even May sweeps, depending on how, how things go. So so Liz's exit will not be a part of February sweeps, but Liz will play into February sweeps, and this could be what sets up her exit because, um, you know, there's this big secret out there about her latest child's paternity, you know, because it's Liz. There's always a child with a paternity question <laughs> hanging over its head. And, you know, as far as Liz knows, hey, everything's cool because we have paternity tests. We know that Lucky, we know that Nicholas is the father, but we, the audience, know that Helena switched the paternity tests and that, you know, she's her master plan involves uh, this kid who's really a Spencer being raised as a Cassidine. You know, I don't know how, I don't know how Helena thinks she's going to be old enough to see this plot through to fruition. But anyway, <laughs> something happens that makes Liz suspicious. And so, um, you know, there's a very good possibility that we're going to start seeing Liz say, you know, maybe we should re-examine this paternity issue. And I think you're going to see that also, all of that kind of tie in to Jason and Sam and their decision on, you know, do we pursue this? We don't know that it's a sure thing as far as, as far as our being able to have a baby. And most importantly, what, something has to change in Jason's life 
before he can even consider being a father, whether it's with Sam or anybody else, because, you right. know, the whole reason he has estranged himself from Jake, his child, is because of the dangerous life he leads. He doesn't want to see his kids put in the same danger that Sonny's kids are always put in. So something has to happen in order for Jason and Sam to continue this conversation, and something will happen. And then we have the Balkan lingering around, causing trouble for everybody. We have... Uh, the Balkan, yes. The Balkan wanders around, and, you know, his his big plan now is basically to sit on his laurels and wait until the wedding. And then <laughs> and then he's going to, you know, like, like, like destroy Brenda's life by, by you know, her kidnapping hair. her on the wedding and all this. And there's the big secret that Carly's walking around with that there's yes. this baby out there. And, of course, Carly, like the Balkan, can't just walk up to somebody and say, Aha, look! <laughs> you know, they, she has to come up with this convoluted plan. You know, I'll, I'll expose him on his wedding day. Um, so there's a lot of plots that are all going to come together at the wedding. And that includes, you know, as a periphery to this, there's Dante and Lulu who have broken up, and can they get back together, and how will, you know, the whole baby secret and the truth about the baby secret... Um, because you know there's more to this baby secret than we know. Um, there's a lot more to it than we know. All of this has yet to come out, and a lot of it is going to be um, sort of what the focus is on during um, February sweeps. Oh, and something really cool happens during February, which is weird and kind of cool, <laughs> in that um, someone on the canvas... Okay, you know, everybody's trying to figure out who the Balkan is. Everybody's like, oh, who is he? Who is he really? You know... And, and meanwhile, he's, like, hanging out in the middle of the room, and nobody's even looking at him weirdly. Well, the last person you would expect, you know, like, everybody expects that Spinelli would figure it out, or Jason would figure it out, or, you know, something like that. No. The, trust me when I say the last person, if you were going to run down a list of characters of who figures it out, this person is the last person on the list, and they are the one who figures it out, and it's, you know, kind of an awesome little twist. It's me. I figure it out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you were the last person I would have suspected. It's me. I you're fly not very. There. You're not very smart. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I just. It takes a lot to, for me to finally get the hint. So, it's going to be me. It's tune in. It's going to be somewhere in the middle of February. I show up, drop in, reveal the news, and then I head off to all my children to help Bianca find a lover. And then I go to One Life well, to Live, which is what we're going to talk about now, since we're almost out of time. I can't believe it in today's show. Uh, you know, we mentioned the double wedding. You've already teased that something happens that is a combination of something that we didn't think was going to happen. But we've got other issues. We've got yeah, Rex. February in one, February in Landview is about um, Clint. It's, you know, if, if this was a movie, it would be a sequel to All About Eve, and it'd be called All About Clint. Because <laughs> think about it. Think about it. The secrets of the wedding have to do with Clint. Yes. The Rex's, Rex's paternity issue is still out there. Yep. That's tied to Clint. Um, almost everything on the canvas it, in one way or another is tied back to Clint. And Clint has sent a lot of very, very dirty birds out there, and they're coming home to roost. His nest is about to get very, 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 very messy. So, <laughs> so we're going to see that, and we're going to see the fallout of you know, what happens when all of Landview starts finding out all of these things that Clint did? That's one of the big things on the table. Um, the other is this, this mystery around Blair and Tomas, the artist, and Christian, and 
um, as you're going to see some characters that you didn't necessarily expect to be dragged into this brought into it, and it's going to impact a lot more of the canvas than you would expect. And as a side note, I'm just going to throw in there that Kelly, who, you know, Kelly has been bouncing around the canvas for a while. I thought she was going to be with Rex, and then she had really, she had, she had great chemistry with Rex, and she has chemistry with Cutter, and she has chemistry, and she, you know, sleeps with Christian on occasion. And um, let's just say that Kelly, Kelly is going to continue to share, to have interesting partners when it comes to her bedroom. That's all I'm going to say. Did you hear that, Bianca? Head to Landview. <laughs> Perhaps your problems are just in Pine Valley. Head to Landview. Oh, Bianca. Poor, poor Bianca. <laughs> but since poor, we... poor Lesbianca. <laughs> and the only other thing that I think is going on on One Life to Live that maybe isn't in some way uh, attached to Clint is this, are we going to be friends or should we be something more between Star and James? And I think that February is going to probably see them sort of struggle with that a lot. Well, not only that, but, you know, there's this weird weirdness going on where, um, you know, not only do you have Star and James, but you have Nate and Danny. And for some weird little reason, and not it's not an unexplicable reason, we understand <laughs> it, but Todd kind of has bonded with Nate because, you know, Todd's father was abusive and Nate was abused by his dad. And so, so... As you're going to see a scenario where Danny and Nate start heading down a very similar path to the one that James and or that Star and Cole went down, but I wouldn't be surprised if Todd has a completely different reaction because unlike Cole, he actually kind of likes this kid. You know, he 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 has bonded with this kid over their over their mutually disturbing past. So so you're going to see both Star and James and Danny and Nate move forward, but. Todd is going to have completely different reactions to these developments in his daughter's lives. Well, we are, I can't believe, out of time. I'm going to put one more question to you briefly to give you a chance. We've talked about some of the stuff that's going to go on in daytime. Of course, there's a whole lot more that's going to be going down, too. Overall, how would you assess, how would you rate February sweeps soap-wide? It seems like there's a whole lot of stuff going on on all the soaps that is good. You know, I've learned over the years that sometimes what sounds good on paper doesn't translate so well. I will say, I will say that I am extremely right now for me the show to watch is One Life to Live in February. I think I think um, I was just working on a cover story about the double wedding and just everything that's going to happen in mid February is fantastic, and I think it's going to you know. I think fans are just going to really be on the edge of their seats and really into it. So that's probably my show to watch for February. Um, my runner-up kind of has to be General Hospital just because it's the Sonny and Brenda wedding. And, you know, I, I don't always like the, the overall plots on General Hospital, but I love the acting. I love the dialogue. So, so just to see, you know, the, the acting that will come out of that, that's definitely a high for me. Uh, and CBS, as long as as long as CBS keeps Brooke and Thomas on my screen, I will be tuning in every day to The Bold and the Beautiful. Well, that sounds like a plan. Of course, over the last hour, you've gotten a little taste of what's to come on all your favorite soaps this February. Be sure to check out the latest copies of ABC Soaps in Depth and CBS Soaps in Depth magazines wherever magazines are sold in your area, or you can check them out at soapsindepth.com. 
And if you've missed any part of today's episode or you just want to hear the show again, head on over to SoapCentral.com slash radio for all sorts of listening options for this and every other edition of Soap Central Live. The page also just received a makeover, so drop me a line and let me know what you think. I'll be back here next week as some of your favorite stars drop by to talk about their big sweep storylines, so you'll definitely want to stay tuned on Friday, February 4th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for another edition of Soap Central Live. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.